Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of Aesthetic PA, Expert Injector, National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen, we are here to drop knowledge, cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way. Welcome to Through Thick and Skin Podcast. My name is Megan Patterson. And I'm Erin Jensen. And we are on episode 56. Yes. And we have a guest today. Guest I know. episode. We, you know, I love having guests on our show because we don't stick to a particular kind of guests. No. Um, like if I let Aaron choose all the guests, it would be super boring. Um, I was the one that brought on Nikki Monet. So yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. And she was the spiciest, piz- most pizzazzy guest we've had. But what I'm saying is that when you try to describe our show, it's like not a niche particularly. Like, yes, we have a lot of people who listen because they want to be aesthetic injectors mm-hmm. or nurses or, or things like that. And then there are girls who are kind of like me that just have no desire to be anything medical but like Botox. Or they like skincare. Or skincare. skincare. Yeah, yeah. Like or that. just so, you know, we wanted to bring on a guest that I talk about this line of work all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, this special guest that we're going to have on today. And so I thought that it'd be really um, helpful for other people to learn more about this profession and learn more particularly about this wonderful person who I'm so happy to introduce. Her name is Kaylin Diaz. She's a licensed therapist. She's actually one of my really good friends, one of my oldest friends. So say hi, Kaylin. Hi. I'm so happy to be here, you guys. Welcome you. to Welcome. the show. So a little background with Kaylin and I. We met met in the cafeteria at San Francisco State, right? Or where did we meet? No, we met when you moved into when we moved into our apartment. Oh, so I Because you knew our friend Becky. <gasps> that's remember? right. And I knew my friend Rachel and Becky and Rachel knew each other. Okay. So we were like the they were the connectors and we lived together. So the yes. day you moved in is the day I met you. That I met yes. Yeah. So Kayla in the dorms in the freshman dorms? No, no we moved off site. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there was like these apartment buildings across the street from the dorms and we like bunked up two girls in a room in a two bedroom mm-hmm. in these uh, apartments across the, which were just wildin like there was always parties cracking off and stuff and so yeah i was like hi roommate nice to meet you i had never <laughs> met her before oh how, oh because your friends wanted Knew to each other yes. live together like we need two extras yes and so us. they brought you guys yeah yes. and kaylin and i have the exact same birthday yes we do i'm the same triplet. year yes. i call her i'm the triplet yeah her and michael because i have a twin brother and then kaylin's my triplet are you aries like are you i'm double aries capricorn just like we are <laughs> exactly i'm clutching my pearls here oh my gosh yeah i yes. handle you we, guys because, yes. exactly and kaylin you were born in fresno right or in hanford, hanford. yeah yes you're so, in hawaii hawaii right? but still mm-hmm. we have the same rising in the same moon so mm-hmm. kaylin and i met in college I immediately gravitated towards her. She was a, my therapist before she even knew she was my therapist. <laughs> so, so many times I'd be crying in the bathtub and I'd be like, Kaylin, come in here. I need you. And she would just sit there and be such a helpful, wonderful friend. And out of all the places I've lived, I've still managed to keep in touch with her. Uh-huh. We both live in L.A. again. And she is just I've seen her go from an undergrad to become a licensed therapist, mindset coach. And so I wanted you to come onto the show. One, because I love you and I want people to know about you. But secondly, I want people to know more about therapy and coaching and see if it could be something they'd be interested in or just kind of like answer basic questions that people don't know about. Sure. So that's why we want you on the show today. And then Aaron's here just to 
you know, help ask questions too. Yes, absolutely. I, I have gotten so much great feedback by us just even brushing the topic of therapy. Mm-hmm. Even the patients I see on a daily basis, you know, they mention, I'm so glad you mentioned you your child's in therapy right now because of, of COVID. You know, my I put my child in therapy. I really love how Megan normalizes it. So we get a lot of feedback on the Instagram in person. And I think it's just something that should be more talked about and more normalized. And I'm very excited to be here for that process. Yeah, today. there's the stigma around it needs to be gone. I agree. I think we're getting there slowly. Yes. I yeah. think we're definitely in a place where people are accepting that more as like normalized. I mean, I've heard you talk about it, Megan. I both of you guys on the podcast of like, if someone doesn't have a therapist at this point, you're kind of like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. What? That's like getting my nails done. Yes. Like, why are we not taking care of ourselves? It's just important to take care of our insides, right? As it is our outsides. So yes. I think people are coming around to it. That's why coaching is becoming really big. Also, for some reason, like therapy kind of still has that stigma and coaching is more acceptable. I'm like, if you can find help somewhere, get it. Yeah. I don't really care. Yes. Like as long as it's with someone you can trust mm-hmm. and who's trustworthy, but like, yeah. do what so you why don't, do. why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Cause you're doing a little bit more than just being a licensed therapist at this point, right? Yes. yes so correct. what are, um, yeah, give us a whole steps on what you've done to become what you're doing. Sure. So, I'll go a little bit back. I won't go too far because I can talk. I'm Portuguese and Mexican. Watch out. We love to talk. Um, Watch out. Um, So I had my undergrad in psychology. So originally I was pre-med actually because I loved working with people. And then for some reason in class one day, I just was like, I'm really good at science and I love science, but I want to be able to sit with my patients longer. And at that time, I mean, I was young in my limited like mindset. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to. So I was like, I really think... I'd rather go into psychology. My parents were probably like, dang it. But no, they were great. They supported me. Wait. <laughs> I was in college for five years too. So they're like, really? That's okay, it. That's Only not bad, bad for the state system. Yeah. Like, that is for SF fast state, track. Yes. Yeah. She, we started the same year and Caleb was like, bye. Two years before me, I was like, where'd you go? I was like, wait for me. She was already off doing her thing on her master's track. And I was still waitressing, making it happen. But anyways, so you were, okay. So psychology is what you're yeah, studying. So I did my undergrad, moved to Los Angeles and worked with autistic children. Cause really, if you only have an undergrad, you can't really do that much Mm -hmm. in psychology Mm. then I ended up getting a corporate job and worked there for a few years I worked in fashion realized that was not my thing and then I went back and got a master's degree so I was in school for two years and then you have 3,000 hours to complete Mm. so I did that that takes a really long time I did my hours probably in for five years. I worked full time though, while getting my hours. And then I built a private practice while I was still an intern. So I've been doing therapy for eight years, but I've only been licensed for two where people see that, but it's like nothing changed. I went and took a test and I was the next day sat in my chair in front of my clients exactly the same way, Mm -hmm. except now I have a license. Yeah. Um, And so I did that. And then just this last year, I recently wanted to just expand my business and get more into coaching. So with therapy, talk therapy, it's really, I think it's useful. I think it's helpful. I think it's appropriate when someone has a lot of trauma in their past. But I also think coaching can be really great because you can start to implement other modalities like Reiki or subconscious work or hypnosis. Some people can do that in therapy as well. I don't want to limit that, especially other therapists listening to me being like, I can do that too. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, yes, you can. But it just felt a little more like free. So I do both. I still have my private practice. Um, it was in Los Angeles. Now it's just from my living room. Hey, mm-hmm. what's up? <laughs> and, uh, that may change after COVID. We, I may go back into the office. And then I also see clients. So I do mindset coaching. It's 
similar to therapy, but we dig in a little bit more. I do a lot more meditation. I'll do Reiki on my clients as well. So I just have like a little bit more freedom there. Mm -hmm. And that was just my choice. Yeah. And so is there somebody that would be a better candidate for therapy versus coaching or a mix of the two? Or is it really dependent upon the person? I think it's dependent upon the person, but I also do think coaching tends to be a little bit more directive. Mm -hmm. And therapy is really about like sitting in the process and really just like understanding what happened in your childhood and like how you got where you're at. I, a lot of my clients who end up seeing me for coaching have see, have been through therapy already yeah, and have had many years of therapy and kind of just want something different. Like they understand why they're doing what they're doing, but they really kind of want to see the change. And so it's a little more directive. Yeah. So that's that's, that's actually a great like you're you're right. I mean, I highly doubt there's anybody who's interested in coaching. The people who are interested in coaching are would probably be somebody like me who's been in therapy since they were eight. And it's kind of like, oh, I know like I could run circles, I feel like on a lot of therapists. And that's why I do like my last therapist was like, I'm going to refer you to my therapist because she's like, you need a therapist, therapist. And I'm not a therapist. I'm not saying I'm trained at all, but I'd been in it for so long and I tried cognitive behavioral EMDR, all these things. And coaching to me, it sounds really cool because like you said, it's a little more digestible. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Like anybody thinks therapy is like stigmatized. I'm like, if you don't have a therapist, I'm concerned rather right. than if you do have a therapist, you know, that's not a deal breaker for me. But with coaching, I, it, it feels like to me there's more emphasis on like maybe writing perhaps or like a little more like um, assignment driven. Yes. Whereas therapy, you go to somebody you maybe once, twice a month, once a week even and talk it out. Whereas coaching, it seems a little more, I, I mean, I see the appeal because it's like structured. It's like assignment yes. driven. Yeah. Right? Or when you have self-awareness. Probably. Mm -hmm. And when you're comfortable with that, then it seems like coaching would be that next step. Yes. Perfect. Because you've gone through kind of understanding like what, how you've gotten here and you're like, but I want to change it. And you yeah. can do that in therapy as well. It's just going to be a little bit of a longer process. The thing that's tricky with coaching that I'm very careful because I play both sides. Usually therapists don't like coaches and coaches are like not sure about therapists and I'm in the middle. Like yeah. we could do yeah. both. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you're so diplomatic. You're like, can't we all be friends? Right. I just happen to be a coach who wants to go a little deeper. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we're not mm -hmm. going to just stay surface. If you're like, this isn't working in my life. I'm going to want to understand like how you were raised and what your yeah. parents taught you. That makes sense because I, I sometimes I see these motivational speakers just saying, you know, push harder, push faster, do this. It's like, well, why aren't you pushing harder? Why aren't you pushing faster? Correct. So if you don't have that therapy background underlying, you're not really under, going to understand that. No one's going to really make change until they are able to process it. So Correct. I like that way you come at it. Yes. So let me ask you, Kaylin, you wanted to get into or you want to spend more time with the patient, more with the client. You were very science driven. So when you were deciding on psychology, like when you were getting your hours, those 3000 hours, did you have a choice in like which niche you wanted to do or did you just take whatever you could get? Like, did you want to work with kids or adults or geriatric or abused? Like, how do you decide on that? So I started off being like, I love kids. I want to work with kids. And then you sit, not to hate on kids because I actually still love kids, but you yeah. did play therapy. And I was like, oh, hell to the no. <laughs> I cannot continue to play for an hour. Like, yeah. we're not, I want to be like, honey, what'd your parents do? Exactly. You know, and they're like, not look color. at the little donkey. I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I realized that wasn't going to work. So really, you have to get 3,000 hours, but they're very specific. So you have to get, I forget the numbers now, mm -hmm. so forgive me. But you have so many hours that you have to work with kids. So many hours you have to work mm. with families, especially, so my license is an MFT. So I'm a marriage and family therapist. There's different types of licenses yeah. so 
our hours are extremely specific. So, so many one-on-one, so many families, so many adults, so many kids. So you kind of get like a wide range, at least in that sense. And then you get an idea of how you want to work, but you don't really specialize necessarily unless you choose to go somewhere and like specialize in a certain modality or with a certain population. So for me, I had to get all of those hours, but then I also went and worked at an outpatient program for severely mentally ill because I wanted, like I've heard you talk about in the podcast, Aaron, you worked at a county hospital mm-hmm. for your like residency, right? Because you kind of wanted to be like, I want to go in and like learn it all. I yes. wanted to work for it with severely mentally ill because I knew I didn't want to do that forever. Mm-hmm. But I was like, now whoever walks in my private practice, I'm not scared of You're you. Like, like yeah, try me. I've this ain't this. shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there, done that. Right. And you read about all of these diagnoses, but you don't actually know what that looks like in real life and I learned what that looked like and I learned how to have a lot of empathy around it like it's not it's a that's a human being it's Mm -hmm. not just a diagnosis so I took advantage of doing that so you can specialize but that's just your own choice of like choosing an internship that's a little bit more specialized yeah Um, and then as you get your hours you just start to learn what works best for you yeah and what people really say is your ideal client is you but just Hmm. like either with maybe less like educate, not education, but less awareness or hmm. self-improvement. It's usually you. And people joke like it's you, but with more money because you want them to be able to pay your fee. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> therapists Double don't, we do, we do all our 3,000 hours for free most of the time. Wow. So we always joke like your ideal client's you with more money. Wow. Yeah, because okay. you want them to be able to pay your fee. So let me ask you this. Do you see a therapist? Absolutely. How often do you see your therapist? Once a week. See, once a week. I'm saying that that to me is a dream situation Mm -hmm. to have therapy session once a week. I mean, to pay out of pocket and stuff that could be pretty pricey. If you have great insurance, dope. I don't see anything wrong with seeing somebody once a week. Now, do most people like out there need a once a week therapist or because of your situation, maybe you're you're an empath and you suck up so much energy from your clients. Do you have to like see somebody once a week for your own mental health to like clear it out or... Why once a week? Is that required as a therapist? No, it's not required, which is actually, I think, a bad decision on the board's part. Sorry if they're listening to me, but hey, it (laughs) is. Listen up, take Uh, note. You should, because how are you going to be a therapist, but you haven't been through the experience yourself? Like, that's scary. I don't think it's necessary to see a therapist once a week. I do believe if you're beginning therapy, it absolutely is. I tell all of my clients who come to me in the beginning, I do require you to come in the beginning once a week because we can't really do the work unless we're checking in and seeing what's really going on with you. If I see you twice a month, yeah. How am I really going to help you? How do I know how you're navigating life? How do I know the things that are coming up for you? I'm not really going to be able to do the work and you're not really going to see any results. But eventually, like I don't have to go once a week, mm-hmm. but for me, it's like maintenance. For me, I see so many clients. I have my own personal stuff. I also go to couples therapy. I mean, like clearly I just, I love therapy. Yeah. So like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I told my fiance, cause originally I was supposed to move up North with him pre COVID. And I said, before I move up North, my one thing, it wasn't give me a ring. It was, we have to go to couples therapy. If I'm moving up yeah. with you, if we're moving in together, I think it should be a prerequisite before you get married. Yes. It 100%. is. I, I think couples therapy is so important. I've been through couples therapy and the most interesting part about couples therapy for me is that we did personality testing and where we like dope. I don't know. Is there a specific one? I don't know. It was like very intensive, like a very long, it took like an hour and a half to take it, but we both found out our dominant traits is narcissism. And it was so helpful because 
you know, I don't think I'm a true narcissist, but if you have those personality traits, narcissists don't change. Like they are what mm-hmm. they are. So yes. as a couple, you have to understand you just, you, you bought into what each other are. You're not going to change. So you have to figure out how to work with each other. And yes. that just spins on how you view each other. Mm-hmm. You, you're, there's more acceptance with it. And I would have never figured that out without therapy. It's so right. good. And your relationship just gets so much better. It does. I wish people would see that. Me it's too. only to grow it's not if you are about to get a divorce. I see, I, I'm sure you obviously get this, but I get a lot of my patients that kind of unload. I'll walk into the room and they just start bawling and I'm getting divorced. I'm like, okay, are, you're here for your Botox today too? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, Erin is not equipped, nor she cannot handle all that. Let me, let me. And I, I do ask the question, you know, because I'm really close to my patients. Like, are, have you guys gone to therapy? Like we went like once or twice and it didn't work. I'm like, well, and it's not my place to really go, go a little bit deeper, but right. I mean, it's not the end of the road type of thing. It's to to build, right? Right. That's how, I mean, think about, my therapist says this all the time. He's like, we, you two to, so my fiance's name is Josh. He's like, you two are doing something that most of the country isn't trying to do. You are trying to have a fairly equal relationship where you each have roles. He's like, there's a little sliver in California and maybe a little sliver in New York. He was really trying to create this like dynamic in a relationship where there's more balance, where both people are working outside of the home generally he's like people aren't you don't know how to do this like your parents didn't teach you your grandparents they may have shown you parts of relationships that are beautiful but not in this way right it's like there's no shame in going and trying to figure out how to do that better Mm -hmm. like who's teaching us how to do that better we'll go do many things to better ourselves but for some reason like people won't go to couples until like you're saying it's a disaster you're so far gone that it doesn't feel helpful anymore. Let me ask you this question. So when should somebody come to see like a marriage counselor or therapist like you? Like at what point is it, what would you recommend before things go to shit? At what time would be a good time? At the beginning of the relationship? What do you think? I mean, it's so tricky, right? With these rules, like, you know me, Megan, because we've had conversations like, I am a rule follower, but when it comes to relationships, it's tricky. I'm not big on like, you can't say I love you until, yeah. or you can't you do can't this until, until 30 until. days. I'm like, do you, and you'll figure it out and you'll learn about life. I would say, if I can just think of like a standard, if you're starting to really get serious and you know that you on some level, like want to be serious with this person, like why not sign up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is not going to hurt you. Yeah. It absolutely. is only going to make things better as long as you find a therapist that's a good match and is a good person. Cause you know, like any profession, there's people out there that are scary that still have the titles. So mm-hmm. just find someone who's that's a good, good and a good match yeah. and it's going to benefit you. Yeah. Like it and will. What if you have, what if I like with my relationship, say I was like, I really want to make this work. I want to get married to him. We're not engaged yet. But for me, like there's a huge thing that we have to discuss. So I want to do couples therapy. This is kind of like my last straw, but he's not willing. He thinks therapy's stupid. What would you, and say I was your client and I was like, I really want to bring him on board for couples. Like what would you tell somebody to, to help them convince their partner to come through? 
I wouldn't tell them to convince them to come through. I would yeah. say we mm-hmm. really need to look on what's going on with you and your needs and are they being met? And let's keep focusing on what you want. And if what you want and as you grow is getting further away from your partner, then it's worth really looking at how that's serving you or not serving you. Yeah. Because we cannot force anybody to do anything. Yeah. Also, I've oh, I've learned this. Anytime I think to myself, like if my partner would just fill in the blank, because we all have it, then I would feel so much better. I would be happier. I wouldn't have to. And you have to really start thinking like, what can I do? Because I can't control that person. Mm -hmm. So what can I do or how can I better maybe explain myself to him? Or what do I need to look at differently to make my life easier? And he's either going to like up level with me or he's not. And I know that's scary. People are like, it's not that simple, which I understand, especially if you have children, Mm -hmm. like things are complicated, but you can't change that person. So you can focus all day about how you wish they were better or if they would only do A, B, and C. It's like, maybe you're not communicating that correctly. Maybe you need to like look at other things. You can only keep your side of the road clean, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm such... such a huge believer in that. And people, I think there's so many people out there who want to force a square peg into a round hole, shave it down, you know, get a little sandpaper out. And really just like, if I put a little oil on it and just stomp on it, I'm going to get it through. I'm like, let it the fuck go. Like the, the, the biggest misconception I think in relationships is that idea that if they just did this, everything would be okay. Mm -hmm. When you come into a relationship and you're in the honeymoon phase and everything is just flowers and unicorns and stuff, you kind of look at the red flags as racing flags. At least I do. I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's unavailable. You know, and I just like fucking barrel through. And then I realize and then I get resentful because I'm like, why doesn't he? Think about me and buy this for me because it would make my life much easier. Why doesn't he do the dishes when I clean or this, that, or the other? My part, which is what I've learned through my therapist, is what have I told him? Yes. Is he or yeah. am I expecting him to read my mind? Yes. yes. And I, I, so many people expect mind reading to be done. And so if I say clearly in black and white, in English and Spanish and Mandarin and Arabic and every single language <laughs> to whatever the man I'm dating, this is what I need. When you I feel when you bitch about doing the dishes after I cook a whole ass meal, it makes me feel disrespected. Yes. And then stop and sit and see what happens. And then they either say, you know what? I hear you and I'm going to try to work on the dishes and they work. Or they say, you know what? I'm just not that type of dude. Then I let it go. I'm not, yes. gonna, I'm not going to get a dishwasher out of him. No? Right. You're not. And we've talked about this too, Megan. It's mm-hmm. process over content, right? Yes. So you can say like, I don't like that he doesn't pick up the dishes, right? And people want to argue like, you didn't pick up the dish. Yes, I did. What is underneath that? Like yes. I'm using a very simple example, but like, what is it? Like my father never really was respectful of my mother. Like, I'm not saying that. That's not my truth. But I'm saying like, what's underneath that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it might be my father never was respectful of my mother and she had to clean up everything. Mm -hmm. And so when I see that in a man, it really scares me because I don't want that relationship. Let's go on. Let's go underneath that. Mm -hmm. And then when you can tell your partner, like, it's not about you not picking up the dish, really. Like, I get upset about that. But what it triggers in me is this memory, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then hopefully your partner can meet you there because then we're not arguing about the dish. We're arguing about like your fears or what you're worried about. Like I always tell my clients that like, and sometimes they get mad at me. Like I can't (laughs) wait to train. I really want to train other therapists eventually because therapists love, like I remember in training when I was intern, we love to do the like content, you know, they said this and then they came in and said, this It's like, who, 
it doesn't matter. Like, what are they really saying? Mm -hmm. And anytime as a therapist, if you ask a question, know why you're asking it. Don't just ask it. Like we're mm -hmm. trying to get underneath what's really going on. Yeah. So you, you, know. you helped me really that process. You actually helped me. It's funny. I remember I was telling you a story about how I snapped on my ex because we were running late to a dinner reservation. Remember? Yes, and like yes. my like dress was falling off and he like, yes. I'm not kidding you. Like I had a wrap dress on and we were in a rush and I like slammed the door and I like slammed my dress in it and it like opened it up and he like pointed it out. He's like, your dress is open. Like my ass was hanging out and I was like, hurry the fuck up. We're late. And I snapped and flashed and he was like, oh my God, what's wrong? And then I like was in such a stinky mood the entire dinner at this romantic, beautiful restaurant. Everything was wrong. I like could not turn the ship around. I just fucking torched the night. And I told you this <laughs> and you're like, okay, Megan, what was like, you, you were like, okay, rewind. And, and you helped me break it down. I was like, what happened was he did not follow the GPS. He led me down the wrong road, which led me to being late, which I was afraid that my reputation in that area of where we were having dinner, I would be notorious for being a, a, a chronically late dinner goer. And the RSVP system would have a, a note that says Megan P does not show up <laughs> for her dinner reservations. And I would just be banned from like the local restaurant. They like, and it seems so silly when I say it, is that a thing? No, it's a total truth because I said like, <laughs> I don't know. he was like, why did, why did I, sna I snapped on him because I mean, he, okay. My ex was Mexican and culturally in Mexico shit. They say no hay prisa. That literally means like, if there's not a rush, hmm. like being on time, when somebody says there's a party at my house at three o'clock, you show up at three o'clock, they're still in curlers and a robe cleaning up, you know, like you show up late. And so when I wanted to be on time for this dinner reservation and we weren't, he was like, you need to relax. Like this is, this in Mexico, we were eating in Mexico and I explained to him, I was like, I just, I don't want to be known as a disrespectfully late person. That's why I'm always early, you know? And you told me to say that. And I was like, it's not a big deal, Kaylin. I was like, it's not that serious. And you're like, no, you have to explain to him mm -hmm. why you were like, why you snapped? Like, mm -hmm. why was it such a big deal? Cause to him, he was scratching his head. Like her ass was hanging out. We were kind of late, but it's not a big deal. We're in Mexico. Like, and she totally like turned this night sour. And it was such a great learning experience for me because now we can laugh about it. Like sure. he actually still brings it up. It's kind of like, remember when you, when you're like tits were hanging out at the restaurant and I told you and you got mad at me about it and we were like barely late. And it was just, it was a night. And that was such a great experience for me to be like, it's not just, he pointed me down the wrong road. Because it's an honest mistake. I do the same thing. Right. Everything underneath that, you, you're like cracking it open. You're like mm -hmm. kept cracking the shell and you're like, no, Megan, crack, crack, crack. And I was like, okay, it's because I don't want to be known as a late person because then that'll mean that I'm not serious and that nobody will respect me. Yes. Yeah, there's lots of layers. Tons so much. Of yeah. layers. What do you think? I think it's so important, the timing of these conversations and communication. So going back to the dishes example, sometimes I find which is more helpful is instead of even having a calm conversation about the dish issue right after dinner, waiting until later, like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. Can we make time to talk about this? Because for me, if I was to have a communication or a conversation about the dishes, I would I would do it. And even if he acknowledged it, I would probably do the dishes and still be kind of pissed off because he still didn't do them. Sure. Do you find that that like timing a communication or how do you, how do you navigate that? Especially when you're busy and you are working and you have children, like how do you find, how do you find time to talk? 
you schedule it in exactly what you said, Aaron. People always think that's weird. Like schedule in sex also. <laughs> like don't be afraid to set, schedule these things in because you are busy. You have three children. You guys are busy. And you're like you said, you're probably going to approach that situation in real time, not in the best way, right? And then you're both going to – he might apologize, but you're still upset. He's going to think it's okay. You're really actually still upset about it. So it's okay to just say I don't have to deal with everything right now and try to find time to schedule it in, which might be hard because you're like, really, Kaylin? That's cute. Like I have no – no time to schedule that in either right I mean I've heard your schedule yeah I listen to your work-life balance I listen to a lot of your podcasts like you're like oh when am I gonna do that 3 30 in the morning you know what I will <laughs> tell you I will I, I this is a tip for anyone out there I my commute is 15 minutes to work and my husband and I drive to the same office in separate cars we will talk on the phone driving oh. to work 15 minutes dr driving to work driving home about like what's going on the next day with any issues we've had and it, it's a small amount of time but what else what else are you doing right you know do that. So schedule that and say, hey, the other night this came up, right? I want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it then because if they feel like, why didn't you bring it up? Because I think I would have been upset not being able to approach it. So let's talk about it now, mm -hmm. right? It's you, all how you You make it. it sound so easy telling the truth. I do. You know, it's, <laughs> it just I rolls mean, off I do. the tongue. I've heard some clients say to me like, oh my God, like I'm not having that conversation with my partner. Like, is that? And I'm like, you think that Josh and I are like this all the time? Like, yeah. no, literally, the, I'm not going to lie. I'm Latina. I threw a shoe at him the other day. Like, you know, <laughs> it was not my best moment. Like, yeah. it, shit happens. Yeah. Like, it's not my mom's going to be like, Kaylin, why did you admit that? But like, it's okay, it's Auntie Jermaine. She, don't worry. <laughs> I mean, I, I became a therapist because I grew up in a home that had issues. Like, yeah. we all do, mm -hmm. you know? I make it sound so easy and smooth, but like, I'm here for today for a reason, right? And I've done a lot of education and a lot of growth on myself. But I just, it's not easy and it's going to get choppy and you're going to fight. Or even when I try to bring up things to Josh, you know, sometimes we'll fight. He's, mm -hmm. he's a Gemini. Like he's, watch mm, out, you know. Say less. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he's on the cusp. So he's also like torn. They're yeah. stubborn. They're bulls. So, yeah. you know, sometimes I'm stubborn. He's stubborn. It doesn't always go well. But it's like, just start learning. Don't be afraid to say mm -hmm. things. Don't be afraid to schedule them in. Like not everything. We grew up on like Disney movies and mm -hmm. too many rom-coms. Like it's not just always roses it's not easy to do it like you have to really work at yeah, this it's work work yeah. yeah and there's you know your message is very hopeful like when i think about where i was 10 years ago and how i would have conversations with guys i wouldn't i would just disappear i would mm -hmm. ghost i would block like i did not have the guts to talk i hear you in, the, in our talks as just friends and you make it sound so effortless where i'm like oh my god kaylin like you make it sound so easy. And so I think that's a great message of hope for, for people who are listening who can't imagine having a talk with their difficult mom or yeah. with their manipulative dad or with their, you know, like a sister who's an alcoholic or something like that and, you know, boundaries. So for somebody who's kind of on the fence about getting a therapist, what would you recommend to them or what would you say to them who thinks they, they might be interested in going to see one? That it's going to be tricky because with therapy, it just has to be the right time. So mm -hmm. I would I would say if you're seeing patterns in your life where you, you continue to end up in the same place and you feel unhappy or you feel dissatisfied or you continue to attract the same partner and you feel like you have a bad picker or you just continue to find yourself in the same place that doesn't make you happy or makes you feel unsatisfied or just lack thereof or unhappy – then it's worth looking at. But at the end of the day, you have to be ready because I can't do more work than you want to do, right? As your therapist, I just mm -hmm. can't. I won't force therapy on people. Like I used to work with teenagers yeah. and parents always want to come and be like, you need to do this. or And I was just like, I don't want to work with teens anymore. Cause like, 
the teens are amazing. It's the parents who want to mm-hmm. always like force things. Like with therapy, you really have to, especially as an adult, some people, kids need to go in and be forced, right? But really as an adult, like you just have to want it. Yes. And ask yourself to look at your patterns in life. And if they're not ending up in a place you want to be, it's worth considering. Yeah. Right. Because I think it's important to have outside perspective to give yourself time. Like it's, I come from a very loving place, but I'm also going to call you on your shit in a very loving way. But I'm going to call you because if something's not working out in your life, let's change it. Like don't be attached to it. If you're really attached to it, let's look at what the attachment is and let's like break that. So I don't force people around that, but I would say that. Like, mm-hmm. do you keep finding yourself in a place that it, that where you're unhappy or unsatisfied? And if you do, stop going to your friends. They're not really like oh that's my great, gosh, but like no. stop. It's not the mm-hmm. same. No, unless your friend is Kaylin Diaz. No. <laughs> I'm so lucky. I'm, every time I go to have coffee and I'm like, Kaylin, just start the stopwatch. You could bill me later. Just send me an invoice. I do this. I see Kaylin in my office and I'm like, do you got to, oh, can I ask you a few questions? Um, so Kaylin's like, I'm not going to see Erin yes. anymore. She always oh, bogarts no. me. She starts to cry and shit. No I'm just there to get my Botox. Just leave me alone. So, okay. So for somebody who just answered themselves the question, like, am I willing? Am I ready? And they say, you know what? Kaylin just inspired me. Yeah. I find myself in the same patterns, where should they look for a therapist? Is there like a database or what would be a great place to start to find one? So if you just want a general search, because I know there's a lot of people like outside of California, right, that listen to this like yeah. all over. My favorite is psychology today. Mm-hmm. You, there's a picture of the therapist, which people love, yeah. and just like a blurb. So you can see how the therapists work. It'll, it'll say their fee, how they work, populations they work with. So you can literally go to psychology today. You can type in your zip code, or you can even type, type in like a specialization. So if you want cognitive behavioral therapy, then you can put that in. Or if you want it to be more like psychodynamic, maybe I'm talking about, but that's more like yeah. deep childhood stuff. What if you, you like, what if you have a drug problem? You can put that put in addiction. there too. Addiction. Mm, yeah. Yes. Or like an eating disorder. Eating disorder. Yeah. You can put it in. So I'd say that's like, I think that's the best place to go and really like look and you can read the th- through the therapist and their blurb and just like get a vibe because yeah. really, honestly, at the end of the day, the most important thing about you and your therapist and tell me if you agree, Megan, yeah. is the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had, um, I've had male and female therapists. My male therapist in Chicago was a very straight shooter and I was female for the most part but then i went to him and he like cracked me open mm-hmm. mind-blowing and i know your therapist is a guy and we've talked yes. about like how different a male versus female but then my current therapist she's a queer woman and so she has a really interesting perspective on dating and has like shed a lot of light on it uh, she's also a different religion than me so she's been really cool to talk to and we do emdr together which is I don't know what it stands for. Electro. It's eye movement. Desensitation. Desensitation. Okay. I, I, but what it does is you, what I do with her is I have headphones on and in each ear I hear a beep and the, on the opposite hand I'm holding, well, I'm holding these buzzers, which vibrate. They're like little eggs that vibrate. And then I have headphones on and in the left ear, I hear a beep. And then the right ear at the same time, that little egg buzzes. And then we go through childhood trauma together. We like revisit childhood trauma with kind of like a safety rope, almost like a, a, Mm -hmm. what is like a safety ring? Like what are those lifeguards? A life preserver. Yeah, life preserver. Exactly. It's almost like my therapist, she like puts this weird headset egg buzzy thing on me and then she like kicks me down like a a traumatic childhood hole. Yes. And then I'm like, (laughs) ah! And she's like, I'm up here. And I'm like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. And shit's buzzing and beeping. And then she kind of pulls me back out 
mentally and it's yes. supposed to rewire yes. something, right? Yes. And that was what my last therapist before this was like, I'm not even able to talk in this sesh. You're dropping all these like she's like you need somebody a little more advanced she's like we're not going to talk you need some rewiring and so i've been emdr was a game changer for me emdr helped me so much with particular relationships in my life with narcissists in my life like and it was not cute emdr fucking sucked like i would leave and when i say sucked i i should say I left very uncomfortable after the sessions i was always crying tearful really just felt kind of shook but I did a couple months of that, six to nine months, and I was able to walk through a relationship falling out that I never thought would be recuperated. Uh-huh. And I was like, EMDR works. Yes. And I totally loved it. It was it was the it was the tipping point for me. But my, my, maybe not everybody needs EMDR. What right. It really depends on what you need. And that is one thing, Megan, actually, I'm glad you said it sucks because yeah. I want you to say that because I think that people need to know, like, that's why I also don't force anyone. I mean, you can't force anyone to go to therapy anyways, yeah. but I have to say you're ready because growth is not pretty and mm-hmm, it can get mm-hmm. ugly and a lot of stuff's going to come up. So I think people are scared of therapy also because stuff comes up yeah. and then you're left like dealing with that. But would you rather avoid that your whole life? Like no. I tell people all the time, especially if they've never been in therapy, like we're really going to dig stuff up and sometimes this isn't going to be easy mm-hmm. and you're going to want to like get out of this, but stick in it if you can. And I'm here for you to support you. But I think people also need to hear that not to scare them, yes. but just like, Growth isn't, you know, butterflies and roses. It's no. It can be ugly. We got to get in the mook. And also, it? I wanted the results. So yeah. I was willing to do. Just like when people say like, oh, microneedling hurts. I'm like, yeah, it hurts, but it gives me results. <laughs> oh, doing burpees hurt. Yeah, burpees hurt, but it makes me more fit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit that fucking hurts mm-hmm. and right. is uncomfortable, but the results make it worth it. So I continue to do EMDR because I wanted to prove it didn't work. Uh-huh. Like, I seriously was like, all right therapist i was like we'll do it again you know and i just remember feeling so icky and gross afterwards but i was like i want to prove this wrong and i would see her weekly at this point because there was something really gnarly going on in my life and when i emerged i felt so light you know and i didn't have to do it forever Mm -hmm. the thing with the therapist is it's not like okay for a year you have to do this then two years after that it's not a plan she would just because when i have talk therapy i was like paying a girl to gossip Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let me tell you about this last week. I, I hooked up with that dude and I did it. No, EMDR. She's like, all right, sit down. Now let's go back to when you were nine years old and you felt abandoned. And I'm yes. like, oh, God. <laughs> and she's like, all right, where are you sitting? What are you thinking? What are you look at little Megan? And I'm just like, oh, my God, little Megan. It's it is so intense and it's not cute. But the results were incredible, like game changing for me. Uh How do you know when you are with a therapist and you're not growing from it? Like, how do you know, like with Megan, like she was self-aware enough to know that I need something beyond. Well, I mean, I guess that one therapist told you, but you knew you needed more than that. What if someone isn't as aware and they just know, you know, like I'm not I'm not getting better. This isn't like they're not helping me as much as I want to be helped. How do you know you're it's not a right fit? I would say the first thing, if they really feel that, is to bring that to their therapist and see how their therapist responds. Not as like to test, but really. Because if your therapist can say, I'm really sorry, I've noticed this, or I have colluded with you in this. And, you know, if they're really self-aware, then maybe you can get through that. And that's also probably really good for that person. Because my guess is someone might have problems in their life, like bringing things up to Mm -hmm, people, right? mm -hmm. And like being able to express their needs. So that's a good challenge for the client as well. And then if the therapist is like, 
well, it's your fault, or I don't know, I can't help you. Get like out. then you know you need to get out. Bust yeah. out. Be get like, out. We are over, and I will Venmo you the fees. Yes. <laughs> like, the then it's time to get out. Or if that client just says, you know what, I really appreciate that. Maybe you do need more. You know, just see how that person responds. But really, honestly, Aaron, I think the moment you're like, I'm not really getting much out of this, try and push yourself to have that conversation. And even if the therapist is super kind about it, if you still have that feeling move on yeah. like it's I've had multiple therapists and I love all of them but at some point I just was like okay I think I need something different okay mm -hmm. it's time to move on mm -hmm. you know? do most therapists go through insurance or more of a cash fee it just depends so I don't go through insurance I'll give a super bill so they'll pay me you know up front and then I'll give them a super bill which is just like a breakdown to give to insurance and they can get reimbursement mm -hmm. so it really just depends on the therapist yeah. yeah what if there's somebody what if there's a therapist that you found on like psychology today and you're like oh man they're awesome and i don't have insurance or like they don't accept my insurance insurance would it be like tacky or gauche to like hit them up and be like hey i would love to work with you but i could only afford this much money no, do it. Okay. So therapists might be mad at me, but it's okay. Yeah. I work on a sliding scale. At this point in my, where my practice is, I can't really take any more sliding scale because I have to build a business. Yeah. And I have taken sliding scale. So I want people to actually, clients to know that language. Yeah. Because it was funny when Josh, my fiance went to therapy, his therapist just gave him his fee and he was like, okay. And I was like, babe, because it was, <laughs> it's like the very high end of therapy. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I didn't know. I was like, well, you can ask for a sliding scale. And he's like, well, I didn't know. You know, he doesn't. Yeah. That people don't necessarily know that. I'm not saying therapists aren't worth that fee because they are. And yeah. we do a lot of great work. But if you cannot afford it, you can always say, you know, this is where my fee's at. I can only afford this. Do you have any room for sliding scale? Mm -hmm. Some therapists don't have any room or just won't do it. Others yeah. will. Or at this point, because I don't slide, um, just because I'm booked on sliding scales, like I do a percentage of my practice yeah. sliding scale. I will say, well, let me see if I know someone who's totally. really good. I referral. think the best way to find a therapist is really through a referral. But if you don't have that luxury, if you don't know someone, yeah. then go to psychology today. And there's also clinics that you can go through. Like as an intern, mm -hmm. I interned at a clinic. So you can like, I had clients paying $10 for therapy. Like I want people to know it's accessible to you. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a really important takeaway. Yeah. And I think even in medicine too, like I have therapists that I refer to for, we sometimes see skin picking disorders oh, yeah. so I have a therapist that's specifically indicated for that when I needed help with my child I asked his pediatrician so even in your medicine realm like mm -hmm. your your gynecologist or your primary care they can have those referrals too yeah yes or the girl who does your Botox yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so me, speaking of that for we have a lot of uh, injector aesthetic listeners mm -hmm. we have heavy stuff dumped on us all the time and in my 15 minute appointment I have to see my patient, see what they're here for, aesthetic reasons, build the rapport with them, check in on them. And they, I cannot tell you how many times I'm going to poke them with Botox and they start bawling. And it's tough because you have to, I have to protect myself. I have to put up this wall. And when some of those stories like get to you and you're and you're driving home and you're like, oh my God, that is just awful. Because I, I, I do this a lot with me. Like, what if that happened to me? What if that happened to my child? What if that happened to my relationship? How do you put up a block? You know, you, you still have compassion, but how do you not take it home with you, but you're still caring for your patients? So I would say 
that's the empath in you, right? That's going to go, how would I feel? Or what if that happened to my kid? I think that's really natural, especially if you have, if you're an empath, that's going to happen to you. And then I say this, which may not work or it may work for you. I think one of the best advice I've ever gotten in my life from our Reiki master. Yes. Uta, Uta she's the bomb. Everyone has their own journey. Like you really, I know it's a little woo woo, but whatever you believe in God, the universe or nothing, like you come onto this earth and you have your own lessons and your own journey. You really do. And so trying to tell yourself like, that is really sad, but that's that person's journey and they're going to figure it out. And why do I think that they can't work that through? Like I get their bawling crying. So you're like, they're clearly not processing it very well, but letting people have their journey, you don't have to solve it all for them. And I think I've really had to tell myself that all the time. And I know it seems really simple, but like that's that person's journey. They will learn, they will grow from it. Maybe they need to go through this 10 more times because that's why they were brought on this earth to kind of work that through. Mm -hmm. And if you believe in other lifetimes so that they don't bring that to their next lifetime if that's what you believe in if you don't find they just they'll work it out here and really try to like re just release yourself or i would even say aaron which might sound funny and maybe you shouldn't do this because people will be like what is she doing but like when you leave that office so just like a deer when they if you see like them get caught right and then they get somehow released like if uh, you know their prey their predator grabs them but then they're released what do they do they stand up and they shake you see them mm -hmm. physically shake that's a response to like release that trauma so I'm, i mean maybe you don't want to shake in the middle of the hall with clients so, like you can go in your office really quick after that and i would honestly recommend like physically really quick just like shaking it off yeah and just saying like i release that it's not mine and play yeah. the mariah carey I like song that. i gotta shake it off <laughs> when that when the girl's this like why is that song being played again and again right. Aaron keeps playing it on the it's just, just one just long it. loop yeah everybody who appreciates <laughs> if that that's is not on next month that's a really good no it already is I think I put it on last month but that's a really really no, brilliant I like, idea I like that because sometimes I you know I have the tendency my nurse will know the story and then it will be like oh my gosh can you but that's just so awful that's so sad but you, yeah, you can't. You just have to. Mm -hmm. I like that though. Just having a okay, we're done. You know, we're done. I, it doesn't mean you don't care about the person. Correct. But it's just like okay, we have to move on. Yeah, like have to that's keep going. their journey. Let them have mm -hmm. that. Who's to say they can't figure that out? Like, yeah. who's to say they're not put on here to learn that lesson? And you worrying about it, or both of you going, oh my god, and what if we had like that's just continuing that energy. Just be like, oh, that's so sad. I mean, acknowledge your feelings. You can't mm -hmm. unfeel your feelings, and then just be like, and that's their process and their journey and like literally play Mariah Carey and yes. shake it off and move on. I mean, it's not always that easy. Sometimes you're going to hold on to things, but mm -hmm. I would recommend trying that. Yeah. Well, for like a severe codependent people pleaser, which Kaylin, you are like the people pleasing queen <laughs> as far as you were, you're a recovered people yes, pleaser. And also you teach people on how to let go of their people pleasing ways. So Kaylin has an amazing with her mindset coaching, she can pretty much walk you through like letting go of people pleasing. And so for people who don't know what that is, I know it very well because I am a recovered people pleaser. What is people pleasing? So there's many traits of people pleasers or tendencies. It's generally so, okay, try not to get too long winded and yeah. therapist to me, but most people pleasers start as parent pleasers. So that generally means that you were raised by a caregiver. It doesn't have to be your parent that was like inconsistent or not really available. And so you learn from a young age that in order to get attention for them or love from them, that you have to meet their needs, right? Because that's the way you are starting you're able to be taken care of is by meeting their needs or making them proud because they're it's someone maybe who has addiction or an illness or a drug problem there's many things that, or maybe a death of like 
their spouse and so they're you know preoccupied and so you learn from a young age like I have to meet their needs or take care of them in order to receive love and then as an adult that's continuing to happen so people pleasers are generally people who don't like to ask for help who avoid conflict who meet others needs before their own because that's how they get their worth right they believe their worth is in taking care of others there's many different traits but that's kind of like the general traits and so they find themselves like burnt out or exhausted because they're taking care of everybody else but they're not taking care of themselves yeah Mm -hmm. and i can kind of hear like hearing a really sad story from somebody and taking that on and that could be like and a reflection of a people-pleasing person. Yes. So there is hope with that, though. If you identify with any of that, I'm going to drop Kaylin's contacts at the end because <laughs> it is game-changing. Once you let go of those people-pleasing tendencies, a whole new world opens up. So I want to ask you, Kaylin, what's the most challenging aspect of this job? Of it now, I think when I worked like in this hospital, it's just really hard seeing your patients suffer so much. Like that was really difficult. But in private practice, honestly, sometimes I'm not like this is very Aries of me. Yeah. But I don't get feedback. Like I sometimes <laughs> I really don't know. Like I mean, I get feedback by watching my clients get better. But yeah. prepare, think of if do you go to your therapist? Maybe you do, Megan, because I could see you doing that. Yeah. But people don't go to the therapist and say like, "Thank you so much. Like I love what you've done to me in my life." Like I don't get that. At- I mean, I will eventually. Yeah. Or people will say like you have changed my life in some ways. But yeah. like it can be like a lonely job. I think that's a mm. challenge. Like it can be hard. Like you just clients come in and out. They kind of like put their stuff out there and then they go and it's the next client. You're just kind of by yourself a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that's really challenging. But it's a funny, it's like a flip. I feel like I'm an interview and they're like, What is your worst trait? You always try to find like <laughs> the like, thing that's like you're a hard worker. Yeah. <laughs> I work so hard. I kind of fall asleep at my desk. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing that right now, but it is the hardest part and the best part. Yeah. Because then you do have those moments where you've seen a client for a really long time and then you see them be able to have like conversations or do things with their family they never were able to. And they may not say thank you or they may not lay it out for you, but you see it. And in some way, most of the time I say like, it's you, like I'm just your guiding light. You have to choose to walk through it and you have to choose to go. But it it is satisfying also, you know, and it makes me happy that I can help them get there. And so what's the most rewarding if you didn't just answer it? That, That, I think, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Just being able to see, like you can have, watch people really change their lives. And that's like, so, I mean, I don't know. To me, that's the best stuff. That's why I'm in it. Absolutely. That's what you get out of bed for. So if you weren't a licensed therapist and mindset coach, what would you be? Or what would you be doing for a living? Something with music. I want to yeah. be like a choreographer. I mean, I could never really do <laughs> that. girl. But watch out. I mean, Megan and I in the dorm room, remember you used to like get on your Apple and we would like have dance parties. Oh I'd be my like God. her fly girl. I mean, I feel like that's what I would want to do. We would listen to, we had cable and we had like the nice package. Maybe your parents bought her or something. I don't know because I know mine didn't. But we had the type of MTV that had like four MTV channels. Oh, so yeah. it was like, like MTV jams. Yeah. MTV, oh, like the main MTV. So we would put on the MTV jams and just zone out and and, you know, Kaylin is one of the few friends who knew me drunk mm-hmm. and knows me sober. Yes. There's a handful of women in my life who I have from that era of Megan. So Kaylin is is a ride or die like <laughs> to the T and she's seen it and she has been along for the journey. And so you've seen me grow a lot, a ton. A ton. so yeah. much, you know, and so I think definitely you would be an amazing choreographer. <laughs> I because, wouldn't. But I mean, if you once you follow Kaylin on her Instagram, on her socials, you'll see how she's a very approachable 
easy to get like you'd be like oh my god i feel like i'd vibe with her like if i was like at a brunch with her at a friend's birthday like i would get along with her really well and i think you'd be a great fit for a lot of people so if somebody's interested now with zoom era our listeners in the east coast florida wherever they could essentially be your client they can be my client with coaching, right? With so coaching, under my right. therapy license, I can only see people in California. Mm, okay, okay, got Legally. it. Legally. Okay, so, so if there's that's a- also what's great about coaching. Yes. I can, but I mean, I'm not doing full therapy. Like I'm very clear. Like yeah. if you have a lot of trauma, I'm not going to see you and and like disguise it as coaching. That's like fraud and that's scary. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I can see more people under coaching. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in what Kaylin offers, if you want to learn more about this coaching, because like you said, like you've read cards for me. I've had you read cards for me. Yes. So it's very, it's very comprehensive. It's not just talk. It's not just writing in a journal. You use a lot of methods in your practice. Yes. So where could people reach out to you or find more information if they wanted to work with you? Sure. So on Instagram, <laughs> uh, my tag is confident with Kiki. So K-I-K-I. Uh, my nickname's Kiki. It yes. actually started because Megan started calling me Keisha in college. I think it was like my <laughs> alter ego. Oh, because of a song. So Outcast was really, we listened to a lot of Outcast in yes. college and there was like an interlude on one of the songs and somebody on the song was like, Keisha. And so I used to yell out at Kaylin and I would be like, Keisha from the other side of the apartment. <laughs> and I would yell, Tata delicious. Because <laughs> in the song, <laughs> yes, in another song, there was a reference to a woman named Tata Lalicious. And so my nickname is Tata Lalicious, but we shortened it to Tata and hers was Keisha. So I shortened it to Kiki. So on the phone, like in my phone, she's under Keisha Diaz and she calls me Tata. <laughs> so I'm looking for you. Oh, yeah. so I'll to find you. I'm the, she's the only one that is allowed to call me Tata, her and her sister. And I call her Kiki. So that's your nickname. Confident with Kiki, Kiki. is your Instagram yes, handle. Yes, on Instagram. And honestly, you guys, it's so bad but I my supervisor when I was a therapist is so old school she doesn't have a website she's like an OG I love her and she taught me that way so I built my entire practice through referrals so like still to this day shame on me because moments like this like I don't have a website so you better find me on IG or email me at confidentwithkiki.gmail like that's it like I'm old school like that's the best way to build a practice is by referrals you get the best type of clients that way and Mm -hmm. you're you know you're you're your mentor who taught you like that's great you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You don't have to pay for a domain fee on GoDaddy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's I am great. I'm going to change that soon. Like it's coming because <laughs> yeah. it needs that. People want to see your face. Yeah. And some people want to see a website. It feels more official than like, mm-hmm. oh, I got an IG, you yeah. know? So I'm changing But you're that, hella but... official. You are licensed yes. in the state mm-hmm. of California. You yes. went through all the credential process. You're an amazing mindset coach. So you guys have to check her out. She's really cute on Instagram. <laughs> if you think she sounds cute on the, on the podcast, she's cuter in real life. And I just, you know, I'm so grateful to have you as a friend. And I think you do an amazing job. You help so many people. Thank you. For reals. Thank you. So you guys need to check her out. Confident with Kiki on the IG. And we follow her on our podcast. So you'll be able to, if you forget all this, just go ahead and follow her. And she's available to help if you're interested for the mindset coaching. Mm -hmm. And she has a lot of cool, just go stream through her feed because she does a lot of cool reels, a lot of informative stuff, a lot of lives. So, you know, hopefully that you'll be able to reach out and touch yes. her. And they can come and schedule like a call. I do 30 minute calls, like free calls. Yep. You oh, like an intro? Get my vibe. Yeah. Oh, I love totally. that. That's yeah. awesome. I think it's important because like I said, the relationship's super important. Yeah. So it's like, I it also want to make yeah. sure we vibe. Like, I don't think it's fair to just like sign up and have to pay my full fee. You're like, you have to sign up for 10 pack. Right. And it's non-refundable. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh shit. It's like a Groupon from hell. Right. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> 
I don't like her. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, you don't gotta commit. It's you. You said right. it yourself. You gotta check the vibe. Mm -hmm. There's yes. a vibe check before you get into it. 100%. So by this podcast, I mean I'm telling you, like it just feels like an effortless conversation, yes. and I think that's a sign of a good therapist. So, um, yeah. We're so happy you had you on the show today. Thank you. I'm so happy to this be here. This is so fun. Yes, yes, yes so you're good. welcome. So um, you guys make sure to check out Confident with Kiki on IG. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate us, give us as many stars as you'd like. And then we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.